0: Got the good looking crew today. So good. All of our guests, thank you for being here today. We're delighted you're here at nine o'clock. Do y'all think fall is ever gonna come? Y'all are y'all worried about him getting all this taken care of? He's got it. Don't worry about him. He's done this many times. Some of y'all are just worried, sick. Is he gonna spill the water? No, he did good. Very good. Do y'all think fall is ever gonna come? No. Nope. Just gonna go straight to winter. It's just gonna happen. It's just gonna be hot and leaves fall and right into winter, right? Well, glad you're here today. Uh, Next week is a really exciting week. Hill's Intro is next week. Uh, If you've never been to Hill's Intro, it happens the second Sunday of every month. And it's where everybody starts at the Hills. It's how you get to know our calling, our culture. It's how you can best get involved. There's a lot of ways for you to get connected and involved at the Hills. But this is the best simple way, the fast track, to get you right connected to where where you need to be and flourishing and growing in your life. And this week, uh, next week, it's the new and improved Hills intro. Come on, y'all. Always tweaking, making things better. Some of y'all may want to go back through it. So just go to our next steps. Area after service, and let them know I want to register for Hill's intro. You can also do that online as well. Going to be getting a new series next week called Blueprint. I'm really excited about that as well. We're closing out uh, ten weeks of the Key message theme that we've been in for for ten weeks, and uh, I'm excited today. It's been a it's been a great series. Uh, but I feel, I feel like I'm bringing a, close, uh, a strong close out today. Speaking of strong closers, there's a, there's a strong uh, starter here today. Stephen Matz is with us. We're glad you're back home, buddy. We've missed you so much. Missed you. Get out of New York and back to Nashville. We're glad you're here, man. Isaiah 22 and 22 is a scripture that we have uh, been basing things on. There's two scriptures, Isaiah 22 and John chapter 10. Everybody ready today? Isaiah 22 says, I will place on his shoulder the key to the house of David. And what he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. Isaiah, I mean, John chapter 10 says, Jesus takes it a little step further. And he lets us know that he's not only, doesn't only have the key, but he's the door. I'm the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. He would go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. If you haven't been here, I want you to write this down. If you have been here over the past 10 weeks, you've heard us say this, you may still want to write it down. Matter of fact, you may want to tattoo it somewhere. The door leads to more. The life with Jesus Christ is not a limiting life. It is a limitless life. Some folks believe that if they become a believer and they give their heart to Jesus, that it just constricts everything that they do. It does not. It opens you up to everything that God has for you. Anybody here found that to be true? Then Can I hear an amen today? That That is the life. Jesus, our life is opened up. The scripture says you will be able to go in and out and find pasture. It doesn't limit you. It opens you up to things that you never thought possible. The door leads to more. We spent a couple of weeks talking about the first part of that. The door leads to more than you need. How many have more than you need right now? God has blessed you with more. Well, that is a reason for that. We need more because we need to do more. God wants to give you more because he wants you and I to be able to do more. Abundance is never about us. It's always about doing what God called us to do. That's why he gives you more. That's why he gives you more strength and more power and more favor and more influence and more money and more property. It's never about just you collecting and hoarding that. It's that means God has more for you to do. So when God starts blessing you with something, begin to look and say, all right, God, what's my next step? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? And the next reason that God gives us more than we need is because there are people around us that need more. So whenever God blesses you and downloads something to you, always make sure you begin to say, okay, what's my next season? What do you want me to do in this next season? And then who can I bless that are around me right now? The door leads to more than we need, but also the door leads to more than we usually want. Can I hear an amen from, or an oh me from that one. How many of you ever had this time with God where it's like, all right, I'm going to open doors for you. And behind door number one, it, it opens up and you're like, oh, dear Lord. I thought I was getting a new car. Okay? I didn't know I was going to get that. It's like God beckons us into a relationship with Him. And you start walking with Him and growing with Him. And the blessings come. But along with the blessings also come some things that you did not know were connected to those blessings. Because with new territory comes new responsibility. That's right. yeah. And we'll say that one again. With new territory, always comes new responsibility. There used to be a, 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 the Jabez prayer. Remember that book that came out, the prayer of Jabez? And enlarge my territory. And I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. But when you enlarge the territory, that means you also got to pay the bills for that territory. And you got to make sure that territory is taken care of and cared for. And so when God gives us more territory, along with it comes more responsibility. Adam and Eve, this is how God started. Adam and Eve, the garden is yours. All of it. Except for that one right there, that one. Don't mess with that one. Of course, that's the one they mess with, right? Don't mess with that one. Everything else is yours. Yay, more territory. Now, it's your job to cultivate it, to tend it, to steward it, to have dominion over it. So if God gives you beautiful new relationships, beautiful new promotions, if God gives you new properties, new influence, always know this, with that territory is going to come some responsibility. So, don't get upset when the responsibility shows up. Oh, you mean I gotta take care of this mansion? Yes, you do. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, now that I said I do, I've gotta care for her? Yes, that's how things work out. Territory brings responsibility. Last week, I spent a few moments, and I wanna just reiterate it just for a moment. Last week, I talked about this just a little bit, how there's a a life with Jesus where you're just enjoying Him, and then there's a life with Jesus where you're really engaging with Him. And I've found that to get all that Jesus has for you, you can't just be an enjoyer of Jesus. You need to be engaged in Jesus. And in his body and in his house and there, we have people that come to the hills that they'll say, I enjoy this church. And I, we like that. We try to make sure we have everything taken care of, that, that you enjoy it, that it's good, you can bring your friends. But if that's the limit of your relationship with God, with the body of Christ, with the hills, then you're not really stepping into everything that God has for you. And I showed you some bar graphs last week. We talked about the fact that over the past three years, we've tripled in attendance. Bring that up for him, if you will, uh, Carol, which is amazing. How many you like to have a growth fund that tripled in three years? Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, well, we've had that. God has blessed us. The scripture says that in the New Testament, he added to the church daily. I'm believing for that. I thank God for this growth trend, but I'm believing God's not just going to add yearly, but he's going to add daily. Amen. And then we talked about the fact that our attendance has grown, but our giving has not kept up with that. And so we've been praying, I've, I've been encouraged, I've encouraged you last week to to not just be an attender, be an engager in giving. And then our, our giving is here, our serving actually went down. So bring that up. So we went from a certain number of people serving three years ago to actually going down. How many know that's not a good sign? Amen. And so I'm just encouraging us as a church to engage, not just be an attender, but to be a giver and find your place to serve. If you missed last week, I believe it was a State of the Hills address. I want to encourage you to go back and listen to that. Here's what I'm really fired up about. After last week, we had a 40% increase in new givers last week. Okay, just a few wows right here. That That is encouraging. We met with people this week that, that wrote checks to help, m- help us move into the next at our church. People just felt compelled on and confirmed to do that. Uh, this week, we had a lady that showed up early for church and brought breakfast for the entire crew that was here. So what does that tell me? That tells me... People are engaging, and I want to encourage you to do that. Find your spot. If you don't know where your spot is, go to Next Steps area. They will help you find your spot. Go to Intro. Next week, they'll help you find your spot. Or just find a spot and dive in, you know? That's how the real divers do. You ever notice they cross like that? I just wanted to show you all that I knew what I was doing, diving. I'm not no bell- like, I ain't coming in like this. It's like straight in, dive in, clean lines when you hit it, all right? Now, here's something I'm really excited about. While our giving didn't didn't catch up and our serving didn't catch up, look at gatherings. Check that out. Is that incredible? We now have more people at the hills that are involved in a gathering than ever before. That fires me up. Because that's where abundant life begins to happen is in that community. Everybody say this with me. More territory, more responsibility. Look at Luke 12 and 48. It says, When someone has been given much, much will be required in return. When someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. You ever heard that? To whom much is given, much is required? Look at how the message says it. Great gifts mean great responsibilities. Greater gifts, greater responsibilities. God has more For each of us. And I'm going to tell you how to get more. Agree to the responsibilities before you ask for the territory. Agree to what God's going to ask you to do before you ask God to do something in your life. Somebody write that down and just say that at the next service. Go ahead and agree. Go ahead and make the commitment. Count the cost and say, I'm all in. This is, I believe, I believe, I believe I can handle it because God's not going to put more on me than I can handle. So if God gives you the territory, he believes you can handle the responsibility. You know why? Because God never gives territory without responsibility, but he never gives responsibility without authority. So God's not going to ask you to take care of something that he doesn't give you the power and the authority to do. I ain't a good preacher, but that's good preaching right there. I am a good preacher. I'm bringing it today. Let's go. Look at me. God has so much more for you. I want you to hear what I'm saying to you. God has so much more for you. It is the life mission of this church to help each individual move into the life that Christ promised, and that is abundance. That is more. God has so much more for you, more blessings, more opportunities, more miracles. After spending 10 weeks of us talking about more, I want to make sure that we close this out today by focusing on the number one thing that God wants to give us more of. How many want to hear that? What is the number one thing that God wants to give us more of? More of Him. I want to make sure that we do not close this series out with us thinking that the key leads to just more stuff for us. The key... The door is all about God wants us to have more of Him. He always does. I don't care how much time you have spent. We have people in this room that have been living for God for 70 years. People that have been living for God for maybe longer than that. People that have been giving. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter how long you've been with Him, He has more for you. We have folks in this room that have seen miracles and signs and wonders. They've seen incredible things happen in their relationship with God. If that's you, I'm going to tell you, God has more for you. Yeah. Some of you have just barely got saved. God has more for you. Right. Some of you don't feel like that you're good enough. God has more for you. Yeah. Am I, is that the, you got the point? Yeah. No matter who you are, look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you right now. <laughs> God has more for you. You know the reason I make you do that is because sometimes you won't listen to me, but you'll listen to that neighbor. Because some of y'all are sleeping with them, all right? You better be listening to him. Watch this. Jesus spent three and a half years with the disciples. Three and a half years. And we're not talking about just hanging out. We're talking about they were with him. They watched him. They, they, they watched when he performed miracles. They watched him when he slept. They, they went to the restroom together. I mean, everything. Was, they were intimately involved with one. I know you don't like to think about your Jesus doing that, but he did, okay? They, they were intimately involved with one another. I mean, as close as you can humanly be, that's where the disciples were with Jesus. And yet, even with them, Jesus was always taking them to another level in their relationship. John 15, uh, I I always tell you there are certain passages of Scripture I think every Christian needs to master. I think Romans 8, Romans 12. But I also think John 15 is a chapter that every believer should master. Study every word of it. Get it into your spirit because it really talks about the Christian life. Look at what Jesus says to uh, his disciples, John 15 and 13. And you've heard the Scripture. You've quoted it. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master does not confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. Now up until this point, the disciples knew him certain ways. They knew him as a rabbi. They knew him as a a teacher. They knew him as a miracle worker. And then they went to the next level. They knew him as the son of God. They knew him as their Lord. They knew him as their master. Does that make sense? You see the progression moving from just being a good teacher to now you're my Lord and my master and my savior. And now Jesus is looking at them saying, I want to take you to another level. We've been hanging out for three years. But you still only know me as these things. I want you to know me as your friend. I want to take it to another level. And I look at folks today that many many of you believe in Jesus. I would probably say the majority of you believe in Jesus today. But what is your level of relationship with Jesus? Is He just a Savior to you? Or has He become your Lord? Has he become your master? Has he become your father? Has he become your friend? And then I love what Jesus does. He even takes the friendship relationship to another level. Because he says, because when, when you and I say friend, it's like, hi, friend. Friend me. Unfriend me, okay? We, it's all friend. Jesus says a friend does this, lays down his life for his other friends so even from taking them from being you're not my servants you're my friends then he takes it to another level oh and when i say friends i mean we die for each other with jesus he's always taking us to another level with him because he wants us to take on more of his attributes no matter who you are no matter where you are in your relationship with god he has more for you I want to blow our mind. I want to take the top off of our minds and off our hearts. And so we can get a hunger for more of Jesus, not more of his fish and loaves, not more of his stuff, more of him. Because the more you get of him, the more you become like him. Matter of fact, revelation brings transformation. The scripture says that when he appears, we shall be like him. Why? For we shall see him as he is. When you begin to see Jesus as he is, you start becoming as he is. You begin to see an attribute of him you've never seen before, all of a sudden you start seeing that attribute become a part of your life. That's why he wants to reveal himself to us. The Apostle Paul wrote most of the New Testament. But even before that, he would consider himself a man of God. Matter of fact, those that were around him would consider him a man of God. Even before his conversion, he was a man that loved God. He just didn't love Jesus. Paul actually said this. He said, there's none among you that measures up to me. I come from the lineage. I mean, I am, I am the purest lineage you can come from. I mean, all the way you, you begin. And that's a big deal in that culture, tracing it back to David and tracing it back to Abraham. And he's like, I want you all to know that I'm lined up. I'm right where I need to be. You look back at my mama and my daddy and there they, was all lined up for me to be who I am, a man of God. And he said, and teaching. Come on now. I've sat under the greatest teachers that there are. There's none of you that can compare to me when it comes to all of that. And he said, yet all this stuff. I just count as dog poop. I don't think he actually said that, but that's kind of where he was leaning toward. And so here you have Paul, who has this amazing lineage. He's been taught well, and yet he's persecuting Christians. Got it all lined up. Everything's in order, and yet he's so far off base and a lot of what he's doing is out of his love for God. And so what does God do? God makes sure to reveal himself to him. Look at Acts 26 and 14. Paul is on his way. His name is Saul at that point. He's on his way to persecute more believers and more Christians. We're talking about imprisoning them. We're talking about torturing them, uh, killing them. And so here's what happens. Suddenly there's a light that hits him, knocks him down. And a voice from heaven says, Saul, Saul, Saul why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. You know what the goad was, right? It's like they would, they would, they would hit the, the livestock. He's like, all right, let's go. These, these sharp sticks, let's go, let's go. And he said, Paul, it's hard for you to kick against the goad. And Paul said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you're persecuting. And the Lord replied, now get up. And stand on your feet, I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. Paul, a man of God, and yet God called him to more. I want to encourage you today to not allow your current situation to keep you from having a new revelation of Jesus. I want to encourage you today not to let your tradition keep you from having a revelation of Jesus Christ. The way you were raised, the hurt that you've had, the pain that you've walked through, the bitterness that has happened to you or is a part of your life. I want to encourage you today as your pastor, don't allow that to keep you from having a fresh revelation of Jesus Christ. Well, I've tried it before and it didn't work out. Don't let that impact you from having a fresh revelation of jesus christ well that's not how i was raised and that's not a part of my theology well what if it's in the bible could we make it a part of your theology right it's easy just to shut it off and say, well, that's not for me. That's for them. No, it's all for all of us. Everything Jesus is and has, we can have and we can become. You can be a believer and still not have received all of Jesus. I'm going to say that again. You can be a believer and still not have experienced and received all of Jesus and all that He has for you. And Jesus wants you to have all of Him. And I feel like God is calling us to more as a church. I feel like God is calling you to more as an individual. I know that God is calling me to more. But you notice what He said to Paul? He said, Paul, why are you kicking against this? I've been leading and directing you your whole life to get you to this place. And now here you are kicking against it. I want to ask you today, what are you kicking against? What is it that God is trying to get to you that you're kicking against? You know what I'm talking about. He prompts you, you, "Oh, get off me. Oh, What's that? And he begins to say, I have more for you. I remember when God began to deal with us about planting a church. And I'm like, I rebuke you, devil. You get out of my face right now. Don't you talk to me. I was kicking against what God was trying to get us to do. Some of you today are kicking against a calling. God has a calling on your life, but you have dreams and you have visions and you have aspirations. Come on, I'm speaking to someone right now. God God is, and yet you're kicking against the calling that you have on your life. Don't do it. It just makes your life work. Just give in to it. Some of you today are kicking against conviction. The Holy Spirit has been convicting you of some stuff. Stop doing that. Stop doing that. You just kick it against kick against it and you you justify it and try to oh it's all right. It's not that bad. It's not that bad of a sin or not even a sin at all. All this stuff and yet you know the Holy Spirit is on you right now saying stop it. 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 He doesn't do that because he's a nagger. He does that because he wants you to step into more of what he has for you. Some of you are kicking against Something that he wants you to do. Not something he wants you to stop doing. But he's asking some of you to step into something new. I want you to move closer to me. I want you to move in with more of me. So I want to ask you today. What is it that you're kicking against? What is it that you're digging your heels in? Stop it. That's just my pastoral prophetic word for you. Stop. (laughs) Give in to it. He is God. You will not win. Just let it go. Should I start singing it now? No, I'm not going <laughs> to sing it. Normally, mainly because I've never seen it and I don't know it, so I'm not going to sing it. Listen to this. Now this is going to sound very elementary now because of, of what we know about Jesus. But I want you to think about many years ago when all they knew about God was He was behind a veil Represented by an ark that only one man could go in each year. And they sacrificed millions, millions of sacrifices all year long. That's just what they did. Think about it that way. And now listen to what I'm going to say God has more of Him for you. He opens Himself up completely to you. That veil has been torn. And now the Bible says we can come boldly into the throne room and find help in our time of need. So what is God beckoning you to? Maybe today you just need to become a believer. You've never even, you've never even believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth. We're going to give you an opportunity to do that in just a moment. Maybe you've believed in your heart, but you've never confessed with your mouth. Or maybe you've confessed with your mouth, but you've never gone all in with Him today. Or maybe today you're a believer, but have you been converted? Do you believe in God like Paul? And yet you've never been converted into being a real disciple of Jesus Christ? Maybe you've had conversion, but are you being transformed today? Are you seeing transformation happening in your life where every day you're becoming more like Him? I've been doing this for 30 years, over 30 years 32 years, full-time ministry. And I can tell you that what I felt just a moment ago happens every so often where God will just drop something in my spirit while I'm speaking, and I know that there's a special person in that room that God's going after. Yeah. It's here today. There's, there's someone here today, this morning, and it may not be anybody at 10, 30, or 12, but at 9 o'clock today, there's a specific person that God's going after. He's coming after you because he knows that there is a whole world that is going to be impacted because of you. So just give in to it today. Why are you kicking against it? Quit kicking against your calling. Quit kicking against that conviction. Allow him to transform you. I want to ask you today, have, have, you, have you been baptized with the Holy Spirit? Is that a part of your life or is that something you were taught didn't happen? Let me encourage you today. It's all through the Bible. Begin to pray for it. Baptize me with your Holy Spirit. I pray it every single day. And I was raised Pentecostal. Come on, I came out of my mama's belly speaking in tongues. You know what I'm saying? Not really. But I was raised that way. And yet every single day I say, Holy Spirit, baptize me with more of you. I don't, I don't have enough of you to do what you've called me to do. I want more of you. So don't put a stiff arm to it because you've been taught the Holy Spirit is that crazy uncle that shows up at family reunions. No, he's not. He's that lover and that guide and that encourager. And he wants to give you more power and more life and more joy. Have you been baptized with the Holy Spirit? Do you have the gifts of the Spirit? Do you see the fruit of the Spirit in your life? If not, pray for that. Paul said pray for all of them. Every single day I pray. I want, the, I want the word of knowledge, word of wisdom. I just go down all nine of them. I go all, the, all nine fruits. I, go all, I want all of it, everything. All of it. Because there's more for us. You just got to want it. Are you being spirit led? Are you living a spirit led life? Galatians 5.25 says this. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. You ever known someone that's alive, but they're not walking and functioning? Heart's beating, brain's working, breathing, right? But they're not walking. I'm looking at people right now that you're alive in the spirit because you've been saved. But are you walking in the spirit? Are you moving in the spirit? Do you live and breathe? And Are you in step with the spirit? Come on, God's got great things for us to do as a church. God's got great things for you to do, but it's not gonna happen with us staying with the revelation that we have of him and being happy with it. We must have more. Come on, is there anybody here besides me that wants more? I want more of him. Come on, y'all. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Please, don't hear this today as guilt-ridden. Now, if you feel convicted, that ain't me, okay? (laughs) That's the Holy Spirit. You know there's a difference in guilt, uh, in conviction and condemnation? You know? Condemnation kicks you down and keeps you there. Conviction may knock you down, but it helps you get back up. And it helps you go to the next level. God wants us moving from glory to glory in Him. So if your relationship with Jesus has stayed like this, or it's gone like this, that's not God's will for your life. God wants us doing this right here, just glory to glory to glory to glory until one day, ah, we're in glory. That's why He wants it to be, and you can have it. You can have it. What I got to do? Want it? Just want it. Remember at the very beginning of this series? Probably not, but I'll I'll remind you. The very beginning of this message theme, we read the scripture. You will seek me and you will find me if you seek me with all of your heart. God has more of him for you. And here's what I found. When I get more of him, I get more of what he has. Let me pray for you today. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you that you're moving right now. You're moving. Let me speak prophetically over you right now. Listen, come on, get your spirit ears in tune right now. Hear what I'm about to say. I'm not preaching anymore, I'm going to prophesy. Hear the difference, all right? There's There's a couple of people in this room that you have been on a trajectory, you have a plan, you've made some decisions, even lately, you've made some decisions. And God's getting ready to switch that right now for you. He's getting ready to say, no, you're not going to do that. And for some of you, it's going to feel like, man, that's, a, that's crazy. What? If that's if happening in your life, I encourage you to get with some fellow believers and bounce it off of them. Say, hey, how does this, this is what I'm feeling. What do you, what do you, what do you think? Give me, give me some advice. In the mouth of two or more witnesses, let everything be established. So I just want to encourage you today. If God's been dealing with you about something and you're listening for a confirmation, here's your confirmation. All right. No one looking around. How many today want to make a commitment to Jesus Christ? You want to confess that he is your Lord and Savior? You want to confess what you believe in your heart already? You believe today that he is your Lord and you want to confess it with your mouth today. Either for the first time or this morning, you want to make a recommitment to him. Would you raise your hand? That's you today. I want to make a fresh start with Jesus right here. Up high. Come on. Really high. All across the room. Man, that's awesome. Right there. I see you guys. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. Put your hand down. How many would say I have a relationship with Jesus, but I know it's not where it can be or where I want it to be. And I want more of him. Raise your hand. I want more of Jesus than I've ever had before. I want more of him than I've ever had. Come on, up high, up high. I want more of him. I want everything he has for me. Thank you, Lord. Put your hand down. What about those who would say, I want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit? Would you raise your hand? I want more of his Holy Spirit in my life. I want everything that comes with it. I want all that he has for me. Come on, there you go. Thank you, Jesus. All right, Lord, every hand you've seen it. You see him? Let's stand today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just close your eyes one more time. Stay in standing, though close your eyes and I want you to let the Holy Spirit speak to you right now what is the Holy Spirit saying to you right now about this message Raise your right hand and open up your eyes. Come on, Joel, there's more for you. I know God's done great things in your life. There's more for you. More for your family. More for your family. I know that's a burden for you. More for your family, all right? Just receive that, amen? There's more for your family. Wayne, just go put your hand on on Joel. Grab his hand. There's more for his family. In Jesus' name, freedom for Joel's family. Amen. Amen. A lineage, God. and Amen. Come on, this is not about us. This is about us making changes for our children and grandchildren, our great-grandchildren. People out there that we've never even met before. Amen? Yeah. You and I are here because of what Paul wrote. Thank God for that change. Raise your hand. Let's say it out loud. Say, Lord Jesus, I, I me. Say, I know there are other people here, but I'm talking to you. I want more of you. I want everything you have for me. Forgive me for limiting you. Today I open myself up completely to you. Forgive me of my sins. Come on, forgive me of my sins. Cover me with your blood. Come and fill me to overflowing. Baptize me with all that you have. And I'll be careful to give you the glory and the honor. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.